Section 1 of The Letters of Mark Twain Complete This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White The Letters of Mark Twain Complete By Mark Twain Mark Twain's Letters Volume 1 Chapter 1 Early Letters, 1853 New York and Philadelphia We have no record of Mark Twain's earliest letters. Very likely they were soiled pencil notes, written to some school sweetheart, to Becky Thatcher, perhaps, and tossed across at lucky moments, or otherwise with happy or disastrous results. One of those smudgy, much-folded school notes of the Tom Sawyer period would be priceless today, and somewhere among forgotten keepsakes it may exist, but we shall not be likely to find it. No letter of his boyhood, no scrap of his earlier writing, has come to light except his penciled name, Sam Clemens, laboriously inscribed on the inside of a small worn purse that once held his meager, almost non-existent wealth. He became a printer's apprentice at twelve, but as he received no salary, the need of a purse could not have been urgent. He must have carried it pretty steadily, however, from its appearance, as a kind of symbol of hope, maybe, a token of that seller's optimism which dominated his early life and was never entirely subdued. No other writing of any kind has been preserved from Sam Clemens' boyhood, none from that period of his youth when he had served his apprenticeship and was a capable printer on his brother's paper, a contributor to it when occasion served. Letters and manuscripts of those days have vanished. Even his contributions in printed form are unobtainable. It is not believed that a single number of Orion Clemens' paper, the Hannibal Journal, exists today. It was not until he was seventeen years old that Sam Clemens wrote a letter any portion of which has survived. He was no longer in Hannibal. Orion's unprosperous enterprise did not satisfy him. His wish to earn money and to see the world had carried him first to St. Louis, where his sister Pamela was living, then to New York City, where a world's fair in a crystal palace was in progress. The letter tells of a visit to this great exhibition. It is not complete, and the fragment bears no date but it was written during the summer of 1853. Fragment of a letter from Sam L. Clemens to his sister Pamela Moffat in St. Louis, summer of 1853. From the gallery, second floor, you have a glorious sight. The flags of the different countries represented, the lofty dome, glittering jewelry, gaudy tapestry, etc., with the busy crowd passing to and fro, tis a perfect fairy palace, beautiful beyond description. The machinery department is on the main floor, but I cannot enumerate any of it on account of the lateness of the hour, past eight o'clock. It would take more than a week to examine everything on exhibition, and as I was only in a little over two hours tonight, I only glanced at about one-third of the articles and having a poor memory, I have enumerated scarcely any of even the principal objects. 
the visitors to the palace average six thousand daily double the population of hannibal the price of admission being fifty cents they take in about three thousand dollars the lady in the observatory height about two hundred eighty feet is near the palace from it you can obtain a grand view of the city and the country round the croton aqueduct to supply the city with water is the greatest wonder yet immense sewers are laid across the bed of the hudson river and pass through the country to westchester county where a whole river is turned from its course and brought to new york from the reservoir in the city to the westchester county reservoir the distance is thirty-eight miles and if necessary they could supply every family in new york with one hundred bales of water per day i am very sorry to learn that henry has been sick he ought to go to the country and take exercise for he is not half so healthy as ma thinks he is if he had my walking to do he would be another boy entirely four times every day i walk a little over one mile and working hard all day and walking four miles is exercise i'm used to it now though and it is no trouble where is it orion's going to tell ma my promises are faithfully kept and if i have my health i will take her to kentucky in the spring i shall save money for this tell jim and all the rest of them to write and give me all the news i'm sorry to hear such bad news from will and captain bowen i shall write to will soon the chatham square post office and the broadway office too are out of my way and i always go to the general post office so you must write the direction of my letters plain new york city new york without giving the street or anything of the kind or they may go to some of the other offices it has just struck two a m and i always get up at six and am at work at seven you ask me where i spend my evenings where would you suppose with a free printer's library containing more than four thousand volumes within a quarter of a mile of me and nobody at home to talk to i shall write to ella soon write soon truly your brother sam p s i have written this by a light so dim that you nor ma could not read by it he was lodging in a mechanic's cheap boarding-house in duane street and we may imagine the bareness of his room the feeble poverty of his lamp tell ma my promises are faithfully kept it was the day when he had left hannibal his mother jane clemens a resolute wiry woman of forty-nine had put together his few belongings then holding up a little testament i want you to take hold of the end of this sam she said and make me a promise i want you to repeat after me these words i do solemnly swear that i will not throw a card or drink a drop of liquor while i am gone it was this oath repeated after her that he was keeping faithfully the will bowen mentioned is a former playmate one of tom sawyer's outlaw band he had gone on the river to learn piloting with an elder brother the captain what the bad news was is no longer remembered but it could not have been very serious for the bowen boys remained on the river for many years ella was samuel clemens's cousin and one-time sweetheart ella creel 
Jim was Jim Wolfe, an apprentice in Orion's office, and the hero of an adventure which, long after, Mark Twain wrote under the title of Jim Wolfe and the Cats. There is scarcely a hint of the future Mark Twain in this early letter. It is the letter of a boy of seventeen who is beginning to take himself rather seriously, who, finding himself for the first time far from home and equal to his own responsibilities, is willing to carry the responsibility of others. Henry, his brother, three years younger, had been left in the printing office with Orion, who, after a long, profitless fight, is planning to remove from Hannibal. The young traveler is concerned as to the family outlook, and will furnish advice if invited. He feels the approach of prosperity, and will take his mother on a long, coveted trip to her old home in the spring. His evenings? Where should he spend them, with a free library of four thousand volumes close by? It is distinctly a youthful letter, a bit pretentious and wanting in the spontaneity and humor of a later time. It invites comment, now, chiefly because it is the first surviving document in the long human story. He was working in the printing office of John A. Gray and Green, on Cliff Street, and remained there through the summer. He must have written more than once during this period, but the next existing letter, also to Sister Pamela, was written in October. It is perhaps a shade more natural in tone than the earlier example, and there is a hint of Mark Twain in the first paragraph. To Mrs. Moffat in St. Louis, New York, October, Saturday, 53. My dear sister, I have not written to any of the family for some time, from the fact, firstly, that I didn't know where they were, and secondly, because I have been fooling myself with the idea that I was going to leave New York every day for the last two weeks. I've taken a liking to the abominable place, and every time I get ready to leave, I put it off a day or so from some unaccountable cause. It is as hard on my conscience to leave New York as it was easy to leave Hannibal. I think I should get off Tuesday, though. Edwin Forrest has been playing for the last sixteen days at the Broadway Theatre, but I never went to see him till last night. The play was The Gladiator. I did not like parts of it much, but other portions were really splendid. In the latter part of the last act, where the gladiator, Forrest, dies at his brother's feet, in all the fierce pleasure of gratified revenge, the man's whole soul seems absorbed in the part he is playing, and it is really startling to see him. I am sorry I did not see him play Damon and Pythias, the former character being his greatest. He appears in Philadelphia on Monday night. I have not received a letter from home lately, but got a journal the other day in which I see the office has been sold. I suppose Ma... Orion and Henry are in St. Louis now. If Orion has no other project in his head, he ought to take the contract for getting out some weekly paper, if he cannot get a foremanship. Now, for such a paper as the Presbyterian, containing about 60,000, 60,000 M's, type measurement, he could get 20 or 25 dollars per week, and he and Henry could easily do the work nothing to do but set the type and make up the forms. 
if my letters do not come often you need not bother yourself about me for if you have a brother nearly eighteen years of age who is not able to take care of himself a few miles from home such a brother is not worth one's thoughts and if i don't manage to take care of number one be assured you will never know it i am not afraid however i shall ask favors from no one and endeavor to be and shall be as independent as a wood sawyer's clerk i never saw such a place for military companies as new york go on the street when you will you are sure to meet a company in full uniform with all the usual appendages of drums fifes etc i saw a large company of soldiers of eighteen twelve the other day with a seventy-six veteran scattered here and there in the ranks and as i passed through one of the parks lately i came upon a company of boys on parade their uniforms were neat and their muskets about half the common size some of them were not more than seven or eight years of age but had evidently been well drilled passage to albany one hundred sixty miles on the finest steamers that ply the hudson is now twenty-five cents cheap enough but is generally cheaper than that in the summer i want you to write as soon as i tell you where to direct your letter i would let you know now if i knew myself i may perhaps be here a week longer but i cannot tell when you write tell me the whereabouts of the family my love to mr moffat and ella tell ella i intend to write to her soon whether she wants me to or not truly your brother samuel l clemens he was in philadelphia when he wrote the next letter that has come down to us and apparently satisfied with the change it is a letter to orion clemens who had disposed of his paper but evidently was still in hannibal an extended description of a trip to fairmont park is omitted because of its length its chief interest being the tendency it shows to descriptive writing the field in which he would make his first great fame there is however no hint of humor and only a mild suggestion of the author of the innocents abroad in this early attempt the letter as here given is otherwise complete the omissions being indicated to orion clemens in hannibal philadelphia p a october twenty sixth eighteen fifty three my dear brother it was at least two weeks before i left new york that i received my last letter from home and since then not a word have i heard from any of you and now since i think of it it wasn't a letter either but the last number of the daily journal saying that that paper was sold and i very naturally supposed from that that the family had disbanded and taken up winter quarters in st louis therefore i have been writing to pamela till i have tired of it and have received no answer i have been writing for the last two or three weeks to send ma some money but devil take me if i knew where she was and so the money has slipped out of my pocket somehow or other but i have a dollar left and a good deal owing to me which will be paid next monday i shall enclose the dollar in this letter and you can hand it to her i know it's a small amount but then it will buy her a handkerchief and at the same time serve as a specimen of the kind of stuff we are paid with in philadelphia 
for you see it's against the law in pennsylvania to keep or pass a bill of less denomination than five dollars i have only seen two or three bank bills since i have been in the state on monday the hands are paid off in sparkling gold fresh from the mint so your dreams are not troubled with the fear of having doubtful money in your pocket i am subbing at the inquirer office one man has engaged me to work for him every sunday till the first of next april when i shall return home to take ma to kentucky and another has engaged my services for the twenty-fourth of next month and if i want it i can get subbing every night of the week i go to work at seven o'clock in the evening and work till three o'clock the next morning i can go to the theatre and stay till twelve o'clock and then go to the office and get work from that till three the next morning when i go to bed and sleep till eleven o'clock then get up and loaf the rest of the day the type is mostly agate and minion with some bourgeois and when one gets a good agate take agate minion etc sizes a type take a piece of work type measurement is by m's meaning the width of the letter m he is sure to make money. I made two dollars and fifty cents last Sunday, and was laughed at by all the hands, the poorest of whom sets eleven thousand on Sunday. And if I don't set ten thousand at least next Sunday, I'll give them leave to laugh as much as they want to. Out of the twenty-two compositors in this office, twelve at least set fifteen thousand on Sunday. Unlike New York, I like this Philadelphia amazingly, and the people in it. There's only one thing that gets my dander up, and that is the hands are always encouraging me, telling me it's no use to get discouraged, no use to be downhearted, for there's more work here than you can do. Downhearted. The devil! I have not had a particle of such a feeling since I left Hannibal, more than four months ago. I fancy they'll have to wait some time till they see me downhearted or afraid of starving while I have strength to work and am in a city of 400,000 inhabitants. When I was in Hannibal, before I had scarcely stepped out of the town limits, nothing could have convinced me that I would starve as soon as I got a little way from home. The grave of Franklin is in Christ Churchyard, corner of Fifth and Arch Streets. They keep the gates locked and one can only see the flat slab that lies over his remains and that of his wife but you cannot see the inscription distinctly enough to read it the inscription i believe reads thus benjamin and deborah franklin i counted twenty-seven cannons six pounders planted in the edge of the sidewalk in water street the other day they are driven into the ground about a foot from the mouth end upwards a ball is driven fast into the mouth of each to exclude the water they looked like so many posts they were put there during the war i have also seen them planted in this manner round the old churches in new york there is one fine custom observed in philadelphia a gentleman is always expected to hand up a lady's money for her yesterday i sat in the front end of the bus directly under the driver's box a lady sat opposite me she handed me her money which was right but 
lord a st louis lady would think herself ruined if she should be so familiar with a stranger in st louis a man will sit in the front end of the stage and see a lady stagger from the far end to pay her fare the philadelphia bus drivers cannot cheat in the front of the stage is a thing like an office clock with figures from zero to forty marked on its face when the stage starts the hand of the clock is turned toward the zero when you get in and pay your fare the driver strikes a bell and the hand moves to the figure one that is one fare and paid for and there's your receipt as good as if you had it in your pocket when a passenger pays his fare and the driver does not strike the bell immediately he is greeted strike that bell will you i must close now i intend visiting the navy yard mint etc before i write again you must write often you see i have nothing to write interesting to you while you can write nothing that will not interest me don't say my letters are not long enough tell jim wolf to write tell all the boys where i am and to write jim robinson particularly i wrote to him from new york tell me all that is going on in hannibal truly your brother sam those were primitive times imagine a passenger in these easy-going days calling to a driver or conductor to strike that bell h l is his abbreviation for hannibal he had first used it in a title of a poem which a few years before during one of orion's absences he had published in the paper to marry in hannibal was too long to set as a display head in single column the poem had no great merit but under the abbreviated title it could hardly fail to invite notice it was one of several things he did to liven up the circulation during a brief period of his authority the doubtful money he mentions was the paper issued by private banks wildcat as it was called he had been paid with it in new york and found it usually at a discount sometimes even worthless wages and money were both better in philadelphia but the fund for his mother's trip to kentucky apparently did not grow very rapidly the next letter written a month later is also to orion clemens who had now moved to muscatine iowa and established there a new paper with an old title the journal to orion clemens in muscatine iowa philadelphia november twenty eighth eighteen fifty three my dear brother i received your letter to-day i think ma ought to spend the winter in st louis i don't believe in that climate it's too cold for her the printer's annual ball and supper came off the other night the proceeds amounted to about a thousand dollars the printers as well as other people are endeavoring to raise money to erect a monument to franklin but there are so many abominable foreigners here and among printers too who hate everything american that i am very certain as much money for such a purpose could be raised in st louis as in philadelphia i was in franklin's old office this morning the north american formerly philadelphia gazette and there was at least one foreigner for every american at work there how many subscribers has the journal got 
what does the job work pay and what does the whole concern pay i will try to write for the paper occasionally but i fear my letters will be very uninteresting for this incessant night work dulls one's ideas amazingly from some cause i cannot set type nearly so fast as when i was at home sunday is a long day and while others set twelve and fifteen thousand yesterday i only set ten thousand however i will shake this laziness off soon i reckon how do you like free soil i would like amazingly to see a good old-fashioned negro my love to all truly your brother sam we may believe that it never occurred to the young printer looking up landmarks of ben franklin that time would show points of resemblance between the great franklin's career and his own yet these seem now rather striking like franklin he had been taken out of school very young and put at the printer's trade like franklin he had worked in his brother's office and had written for the paper like him too he had left quietly for new york and philadelphia to work at the trade of printing and in time samuel clemens like benjamin franklin would become a world figure many-sided human and of incredible popularity the boy sam clemens may have had such dreams but we find no trace of them there is but one more letter of this early period young clemens spent some time in washington but if he wrote from there his letters have disappeared the last letter is from philadelphia and seems to reflect homesickness the novelty of absence and travel was wearing thin to mrs moffat in st louis philadelphia december five fifty three my dear sister i have already written two letters within the last two hours and you will excuse me if this is not lengthy if i had the money i would come to st louis now while the river is open but within the last two or three weeks i have spent about thirty dollars for clothing so i suppose i shall remain where i am i only want to return to avoid night work which is injuring my eyes i have received one or two letters from home but they are not written as they should be and i know no more about what is going on there than the man in the moon one only has to leave home to learn how to write an interesting letter to an absent friend when he gets back i suppose you board at mrs hunter's yet and that i think is somewhere in olive street above fifth philadelphia is one of the healthiest places in the union i wanted to spend this winter in a warm climate but it is too late now i don't like our present prospect for cold weather at all truly your brother sam but he did not return to the west for another half year the letters he wrote during that period have not survived it was late in the summer of eighteen fifty four when he finally started for st louis he sat up for three days and nights in a smoking car to make the journey and arrived exhausted the river packet was leaving in a few hours for muscatine iowa where his mother and his two brothers were now located he paid his sister a brief visit and caught the boat worn out he dropped into his berth and slept the thirty-six hours of the journey 
it was early when he arrived too early to arouse the family in the office of the little hotel where he waited for daylight he found a small book it contained portraits of the english rulers with the brief facts of their reigns young clemens entertained himself by learning this information by heart he had a fine memory for such things and in an hour or two had the printed data perfectly and permanently committed this incidentally acquired knowledge proved of immense value to him it was his groundwork for all english history End of section 1 recording by james k white chula vista